Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. I'm going to talk to you about trials tonight. Any of you ever been in a trial? Some of you might be in a trial. I'm going to just be real blunt with you. I am here tonight to encourage, to bless to bring comfort, faith. This is going to be positive. So if you're looking for something negative, you might want to go somewhere else, right? Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. What a great shepherd. I am a sheep. That's what I am. I'm a sheep, and every sheep needs a shepherd. And I don't know of a better shepherd than Jesus. The shepherd will lay down his life for the sheep. And he did. And he did. 30 years ago, maybe this is one of the reasons I'm speaking on this tonight. 30 years ago, our family went through a very, very difficult family trial. I'm not going to mention names, I'm not going to mention the event, but it was extremely difficult and taxing in our home. And at the time, we lived over on Jefferson Street, right across from the park, Roosevelt Park, and we had this little white house, and it had a long, narrow backyard. And when I couldn't walk because it was a rainy day or just too bitter or cold, I would go to that back door area of the house and I would look out in the yard and and that is where I would have my prayer time. And I remember this trial was so taxing that it seemed like I was crying all the time. Not in public. We all tend to put on our, oh, everything's okay face. But it wasn't okay. And I remember crying and asking for God's help. And I remember how it happened. All of a sudden, two doves came flying into the backyard and they landed on the peak of the garage roof. Now to me, doves are a symbol of peace. That's what they mean to me. I don't know what they mean to you. And there are certain birds I would never hunt. Doves are one of them. Eagles are another. But doves meant peace to me. And when those two doves landed on that roof, it was like the Lord spoke to my mind and said these words. I know what you're going through. And I'm going to be here with you to go through it. And I'm going to send these two doves to represent my presence and my peace for your trial. And every time you come back here to talk to me, you're going to see these two doves. 
to remind you of what I just said. And I was so comforted by that. And I would literally, I would literally sometimes be in the living room and it, the trial would hit me and I would jump up and I would run to the back door thinking I could beat the doves. I'd get there before them or they're not there or nope. Every single time I got to that back door, they were somewhere where I could see them. They were together. And I was so encouraged by that. Now that's how God chose to work with me. He may work with you in another way. I don't know. But God knew what I needed and he gave it to me. And that means a lot to me. I need to know that God is with me. That I'm not alone. And I don't know what your doves look like. I don't know what it is that, that God wants to provide you with. Maybe it's this guy tonight that stands up and says, I promise you, I will never, never leave you. I will never never forsake you, no, not to the end of the world. Whether you feel me or not, whether you hear me or not, whether you see me or not, I promise you, I promise you. So I want you to know whatever trial you're going through, God is with you. So let me talk to you about the three trials. The first trial is the trials of the past. I asked if any of you had been through trials and most of you raised your hands. I said, yeah, that's, but that's maybe a past trial that you've been through. And in, a, in most trials, it involves people. People that have hurt you. People that have disappointed you. I remember Brother Brown um, I think the first time I heard it, Brother Brown was the one that said it. He said, I must lower my expectations on people and raise my expectations on God. Sometimes we expect things out of people and when we don't get it, or we get the opposite, we are disappointed. We are hurt. It fractures the relationship. Sometimes it destroys the relationship. And there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can say. There's nothing you can do. But I will tell you there's one thing that you must do. You must forgive. You must forgive. If a person is injured in an automobile accident, this is what an EMT would tell you that you need to do. Stop the bleeding, treat for shock. And speak words of encouragement. You're going to be okay. We got you. You're going to be all right. We'll get you to the hospital. We'll, we'll sew you up. We'll fix it up. You're going to be okay. You're not going to die. That's what EMTs do. Stop the bleeding. Cover it. When we forgive people, we prevent infection. 
we, we cleanse the wound of anything that could infect that area of our body. We cleanse it. We stitch it. We anoint it with oil. I don't have time to repeat things twice tonight, so I'm just going to say them once, so I hope you get it. But we, we wash it and make sure that it's clean. We stitch it and we anoint it with Holy Ghost oil. Keep it lubricated and soft. Protect it. Protect the wounded area for a while. And it will heal. Because there's no opportunity for infection. That's the thing you got to guard against. Come on now. That's the thing you got to guard against when people hurt you is infection. Can't afford infection. Destroys you. So that was the first thing I learned about past past relationships. Psalm 23 and 6 says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And we can read that a hundred times and forget what it said. Watch this. Maybe I can give an illustration that will, that will help you to understand. Can I, Pastor, will you help me out here? And Sister Bauer, will you help me out? So you're wounded and you're hurt. But because you forgive people, you can keep walking forward. And you know what's behind you? Goodness and mercy. They follow you around. Always do the right thing. Well, they didn't do the right thing. That doesn't justify you doing the wrong thing. Do the right thing. And if you do, if you keep forgiving, if you continue to be kind, goodness and mercy shall follow you all the, all, all the days of your life and you will dwell or live in the house of the Lord forever. Hope you got, thank you. Hope you got that. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Trials of the future. It is said that 90% of the things that we fear in the future never occur. 90% of what you're afraid of will never happen. It could. People will sometimes would like you to think it will. But 90% of it never happens. I heard a story about one man. He said, uh, he read an article in the paper. It said that uh, 75% of all accidents occur within two miles of your home. So you know what he decided to do? He said, well, I'll have to move. I don't think he got the point. I'll have to move. They occur near my home. I'll, I'll move. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> Matthew six twenty five. Take no thought. Watch this. Take some thought. Take a little thought. Is that what it says? 
No, it does not say that. It says take no thought. I refuse to think. That's what it means. I refuse to think for my life what I will eat, what I will drink, what I will wear on my body, what I will put on. I mean, these are basic things here. I mean, we're not talking about your car. We're not talking about a fancy home. But we are talking about the promises of God. And he says, take no thought for your life. Is not the life more than the meat and the body more than the raiment? Verse 34, take no thought for tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. In other words, don't worry about things that are a couple days down the road or even tomorrow. But rather, deal with today. Enjoy the moment. Now, I know that we're all adults here, so I'm going to go ahead and say it. Sometimes I will catch my wife in the kitchen and I will hug her. And she will say, what is that for? I said, I'm just enjoying the moment. You know what? We need to do that more often, folks. We need to enjoy the moments more often. I don't see anybody here tonight that's on death row. I don't see any poverty. I don't see anybody that's starving to death. We are so blessed. We are so I mean, he's talking about food and water and, and raiment, and we're going, well, we don't worry about that. We, God has more than supplied all of our needs. More than supplied all of our needs, according to his riches and glory. The future can cause us to worry about our health. Will we have enough money? Or the condition of our world? There are so many things that Satan wants us to worry about that we can't fix and we certainly can't control. And if I'm not meant to control it and I'm not meant to fix it, why would I worry about it? I'm preaching to myself now. You know, I, I'm, I'm hoping this will help you. But I have to preach to myself and say, is, this something, is there something I'm supposed to do here? No, there's nothing I'm supposed to do. Then why am I worried? It's in God's hands. And I'm not going to come to the altar and give it to him. Boo-hoo, stand up and take my sack back out with me and carry all my worries and fears back into my life. I gotta put some things down. I gotta, I've told you before, I'll mention it again, you need a stick of dynamite in your life. You need T and T. You need to trust God for what you need, and you need to thank God for all you have. And if you do those two things, Worry has no residence. When you have worry in your life, you're either not trusting or you're not thankful. It's one of those two things or maybe both of them at the same time. 
I remember. I got so much time tonight that I don't know what to do with all of it, but so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a story. We, uh, we had a young man, I won't mention any names, young preacher, and uh, the building fund payment was due the next day, and it was a Wednesday night service. And I had to get up and say, hey folks, we, I thought, I'll get up there and tell them we need, we need to make the payment tomorrow, we're going to need a good offering tonight. But I didn't do it. I let the young preacher have the service, he was the speaker, and I said, just do me one favor. Just take the offering. I thought I was exercising faith. I'm going to trust this guy. He's going to get up there and he's going to take the offering and God's going to provide. Don't try and control it. So he got up there to preach, never said a word about the offering, completely forgot it. No offering. And I, I, I don't even know if I remembered what he preached. I was not happy. And I got home and I was walking up the steps to go up to the bedroom and I said, Lord, I, the last thing I told the guy, one thing I asked of him, and he didn't do it. And you know who the Lord rebuked? This is what he said. When you worry, you're not trusting. That's worth writing down. When you worry, you're not trusting. Got up the next day, went to the office, came to the secretary. Secretary greeted me, said, uh, you know, we forgot to take the offering last night. Yes, ma'am, I said, I, I know we did. She said, but what you don't know is that somebody gave $5,000 to the building fund last night. No solicitation, no appeal, and no offering was taken. And God rebuked me again and said, see, I don't even need your offerings. I take care of this church. This is my church. It's not your church. This is not my church. This is not your church, Pastor. This is God's church. You are God's people. You are the anointed of God. You do the right thing no matter what anybody else does. God will take care of you. Can I get an amen? God will take care of you. So since I'm getting all these rebukes, I go to this particular lady. This lady was a widow. She had no husband, didn't have any great income. And I just, I normally never, never talk to people about money personally. But I went to this woman and I said, sister, you'll never know how much that offering meant and how timely it was. And she said, oh, pastor, you are wrong. I knew exactly what it meant and exactly what to give. Listen, I'll take the rebukes as long as the church is blessed. How about you? God will take care of you. He supplies all of our needs. So I want to take you to one more illustration before I present the last trial. When I turned 50 years old, <clears throat> I had a spirit come to my life and told me three things. 
this spirit said, now my father died at the age of 59 of lung cancer. Terrible. Lung cancer is a terrible way to go. And the spirit came and said, you are going to die young. You are going to suffer greatly. You will die of cancer. Three things. Well, you don't have to be very spiritual to know that that's not God. God wouldn't talk that way. So I just, I didn't make a big deal out. I just went to God and I said, now God, this is what this spirit came and said to me. I want you to tell me that it's not true and it won't happen. And you know what God said? Nothing. One of the things I've learned about God, don't tell God what to do. Because his thoughts are above your thoughts and his ways are above your ways and he's working all things together for your good. So don't tell him what to do. But I was telling him what to do. Nothing. This went on for a total of 40 days. I counted the first day and then when the trial was completed, it was exactly 40 days. This is one of the things I've learned about Satan. He is a fierce fighter, but he is a sprinter. He is not a marathoner. He cannot run long distances. He fights hard, but there's never been a trial that lasted more than 40 days in the scripture, including what Jesus did in the desert. Never more than 40. He doesn't have enough energy to run longer. So when the 40th day came, I went to God and I said, God, I can't take it anymore. Because he came back every day and said the same thing, which is exactly what Goliath did. Remember, he gave the same speech every day. How long was that trial? 40? 40? So I finally figured it out and I went to God and I said, all right, God, I realize my mistake. I, I know the error of my ways. I'm sorry, please forgive me. Tell me what I need to hear, even if it's not what I want to hear. And then God spoke. And as is typical of him, he likes to ask questions before he answers yours. Does he ever do that to you? Does that to me all the time. So before he's gonna answer my question, he says, before I answer your question, I have a question for you. Yes, sir, what's your question? We're holding this conversation in my mind. Have I ever failed you in the past? No, sir. Then why would you think I'd fail you in the future? Haven't I earned your trust by now? Makes you feel about this big. So here's the answer. Whatever, he said, I'm not going to tell you if you're going to die young, if you're going to die of cancer, or if you're going to suffer greatly, but this is what I will tell you. And I wrote it down. I wrote it down. Whatever you go through, I'm going to be right there with you. And we're going to go through it together. And whatever you need, I'll give it to you when you need it. Now you tell me how you can top that answer. 
You can't. I'm going to be there with you. We're going to go through it together. I'll give you what you need when you need it. Can you beat that? If that's all you heard from me tonight, it was worth your time to come to the house of the Lord. Because that's not just a promise to Rick Kylie. That's a promise to you. He doesn't duck out on his friends or his family. He doesn't cut and run. So here's where we're, we're going to go tonight. Trial number three. The trials of the present. Have you ever been disappointed with people and situations and seen the prosperity of the wicked that David talked about in the 73rd Psalm? You, you really should read it sometime. I'm going to skip ahead to the conclusion of the situation in verse 16, but sometime just read how David felt about the prosperity of the wicked. And verse 16 says, When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me until I went into the sanctuary of God and I understood their end. Surely you have set them in slippery places. You have cast them down into destruction. How are they brought into desolation as in a moment they are utterly consumed with terrors? Nothing happens sometimes in a person's entire lifetime until the very end. My father, I think, was the first one that ever said it to me because he experienced it firsthand. There are no atheists in foxholes. When the bullets are flying, when your life is on the line, when it's really bad, there's nobody that doesn't believe or call on God then. But it's too late. But where did this revelation come to David when I went into the sanctuary? I really appreciate the sanctuary of the Lord. I'm sure that all of you have had times, not just church times, but maybe prayer meetings, maybe unscheduled prayer meetings. You just ended up in the house of the Lord. Some of you have spent the night in this house you brought a pillow and a blanket. You said, I'm staying until I get an answer from God. You had one of those Jacob experiences where you wrestled with an angel, even if it meant all night. That's where you get your answers from. Being alone with God in his house. Psalm 23 and 6 Again, says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell, I will live, I will reside in the house of the Lord. There are three houses of the Lord that I am aware of. Number one, there's the temple, the sanctuary that we're talking about right now that we are in, which is meant to be a house of worship, and as Jesus said, a house of prayer. Worship, word, 
and prayer, the temple. Stay faithful to the house of God. I commend you tonight for being here. Stay faithful to the house of God. Your body is the second temple. The scripture tells us that our bodies are the temple or the place where the spirit of God lives. And then the third temple is mentioned in John chapter 14, verse one. Let not your heart, you gotta hear this. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and I prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, you may be also, which led right into our worship service tonight. Oh, I want to see him. What a day that will be. Here it is right here. This is the finish line. This is the goal. This is where we're going. And we need to finish our course. No matter if it's a trial of the past, a trial of the future, or a trial of the present, God will see us through. Let's stand together. First Peter chapter five. I'll conclude with this tonight. First Peter chapter five and verse five. I titled this message, What I Need When I Need It. First Peter five and five. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves to the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Resist, that's a pretty strong word. He resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves, therefore under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. What do you care about? Anybody ever say to you, hey, what do you care? Well, what do you care about? What does matter? Is there anything that's weighing you down? Something that's too big for you to handle? Maybe you should try casting your cares on him. Because he cares about you. If it matters to you, it matters to the master. It does. Jesus, I pray tonight that you would deliver us from worry, fear, anxiety. Help us to use our stick of dynamite. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God 
and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.